This is the EVP Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to another episode of the EVP Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Beaker. And I'm Ghosty. I'm DVO. And yep. This is us. That's us. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, well, that's thanks us. for listening. We'll see you next week. Um, no, so uh, thanks for listening to our episode last week, the listener stories. We appreciate everyone that sent in their stories. We look forward to getting more stories from the rest of you guys. Um, yeah, what are you waiting for? Yeah, hurry send up. Send us your stories. <laughs> we want to read them. Like I said in the past, if you don't want us to share them on the show, just let us know, and we won't. We'll just read them to ourselves. Um, you can contact us on the social medias, Instagram and Facebook, evp.pod, gmail, evp.pod at gmail.com. We're even on TikTok. We don't know how to use it, but we got it. Um, <laughs> That's right. <laughs> another thing, if you could, it would it would help us out quite a bit. If you could go on your Apple podcast or Spotify or wherever you listen to us or watch us and hit that subscribe button and then share it with your friends. Please, pretty please. Get us, get us. We want to become famous. Because <laughs> we're not enough already. Yeah. <laughs> More famous, <laughs> more famous, or no, but if yeah, leave a review too if you want. They were trying to buy a yacht, yeah. So we're gonna do ghost adventures, ghost adventuring on yachts, yeah. And then if we ever start a Patreon, we'll let them come with us, the Patreon members, <laughs> on our ghost yacht, <laughs> yes, the ghost ship. You may or may not come back alive. Um, but we did have a comment on the last episode from Chris. I called him out, and so he commented and said, Awesome episode, guys. I can totally relate to those who submitted their stories, Zach and Rue for sure. I'm going to submit something for you guys and your listeners. DVO, my man, I can't wait for you to read my book when it gets published. I can't wait. Uh, thanks again, guys. Great episode, and the outros are getting funny. Beaker, I got your butterfly right here. Whoa. <laughs> so, thanks for listening, Chris. We appreciate it. This week... We're going to talk about something that these guys didn't think I would ever want to talk about. Yes. We're going to talk about aliens. Aliens, man. Aliens, aliens man. Because um, they don't exist. But. But they do. They, they, well, but they do. They do. So there is. Don't be racist, speaker. Go whoa, on. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> I do what I want. Um, oh, I lost my website. I'm such a terrible person. We'll just use Wikipedia. Anyways. Um. So there's two stories that I've heard that kind of make me believe in the greys. These are the ones that like everyone says. Okay, who are the greys? The greys are the the little short aliens uh-huh. with the the big big, big, big eyes. black eyes and the ones that zap you like in um, Mars Attacks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not really, but um, they're the most common ones that people report seeing, and I think most people they're the kind, that, of, they're kind of the pedophile ones, right? Sure. They want to touch. The they do all the touching. Touching. Yeah, they're, they're probing, probing ones. The, apparently, <laughs> the they just want to ass rape fat hicks from the Midwest. Um, <laughs> so, I the greys I have a hard time with, even though they're the ones that are the most reported. But there's but, two stories. But that there's two stories of... that make me actually believe, and this is one of them. This this story, and we'll we'll do the other one on a different episode. But this one is about Betty and Barney Hill. Not the rebels. Not the rebels. No, okay. Hill. Not rebels. No, they weren't part of the Booga Boys podcast. <laughs> Hide your magnet. Um, that's fine. I don't care. Everybody knows you guys are the Booga it, Boys. It's funny how so many times as I'm writing notes, I want to write Betty and Barney Rebel. <laughs> no, the Hills. <laughs> Betty and Barney Hill. Um, 
So one of the things that was like sort of significant about this case, um, it was it was in 1961 when this happened, and they were an interracial couple at a time where it was kind of frowned upon, taboo. Yeah, it was bad. Don't do it. Sixties um, baby. Sixties. So Betty and Barney Hill, uh, when this all went down, they'd only been married for about eighteen months. So about a year and three months, um, and they they were very busy people. They worked a lot. Uh, Betty was a social worker, and usually had somewhere about like a hundred cases at a time that she was working on. And Barney was a postal worker uh, that worked. They lived in Portsmouth, New Hampshire, and he worked in Boston, I believe. <laughs> about a little over an hour away. Was he, was wicked smart. he was wicked smart. <laughs> he was wicked smart. He, man. he was wicked smart. You know, uh, IQ of 140, actually. Yes. Uh, so we're not joking there. He was wicked smart. And he wanted to be an engineer. He did want to be an engineer, but being that he was a. Don't be. <laughs> a person of color um, okay. in the 60s, he was basically told, that's not going to happen, dude. Yeah. So he joined the army instead. Like, don't waste your time. So, yeah, basically, I think he dropped out of high school. Uh, I believe he ended up joining the army. Um, he was a World War II veteran, and I heard from one other podcast. I don't know how true this is. I know he did have dentures. He had false teeth, um, and this does come into play a little bit later in the story. But I don't know how true this part is. But one guy said that he Barney had actually lost his teeth uh, in the army in a uh, hand grenade accident. He was definitely injured while he was in the army. That's for sure. So he, he lost all his teeth. He had dentures hmm. uh, while he was in the army. So fast forward a little bit, like they're a little bit older when this happened. Um, Barney had had a previous marriage, ended up divorcing his wife. Um, the way he met Betty was Betty was renting out like a beach house there in New Hampshire. And then they just kind of hit it off and started dating and ended up getting married. So he was 39 when this all went down. She was 42. And, you know, like I said, after 18 months of being married, they decide that, you know, they're going to go on a, a weekend getaway. I guess Betty had the week off of work. Barney was able to pull some strings and get some time off as well. And they decide they're going to go up to like Niagara Falls, uh, check out the scenery there. I think they went into Montreal as yep. well and other parts of Canada. And while they're on vacation, uh, they hear on the radio that there's a hurricane coming. So they want to get home. It's about a four and a half, five hour drive from where they were at. And so they, they start heading home. They want to beat the weather. They don't want to get stuck in the hurricane and all that. So I believe they stopped at like a diner to fuel up, get some coffee and that, because they were going to drive all throughout the night. And their plan was to get home, I think about three in the morning mm-hmm. is when they were supposed to get home. So they're driving, they're driving south, they're driving home. And as they're driving, uh, Betty sees this light in the sky. And at first she kind of thought it was like maybe a shooting star. Until she saw it going upwards towards the moon. She has a satellite. Yeah, satellite too. There's a couple of things. I heard satellite shooting star. Yeah, because her dad was also interested in satellites. And Sputnik had just launched like four years before this happened. Right, so it was a big space. The whole space idea was a pretty big deal. So she sees this. It's not moving in the way that you think the satellite should be moving. So she's like, hey, let's let's pull over. Uh, Barney pulls over into a little um, picnic area. They're on the road and they get out and Betty's looking at through the binoculars and um, it's again, it's moving erratically. Well, wasn't it moving like, like a ping pong back she, and forth? Her, what Betty said on the phone with um, the air force was that it was 
going in a zigzag pattern and it was bouncing like a ping pong ball while I was following them. Yes. And that's when they realized this thing is actually following us. Yeah, they, they kind of looking through the binoculars that they Wasn't had. it Barney that got out, walked towards it a little bit of a ways? That's later. Oh, okay. That's, that's, that's the second stop. Let, let, let me keep going. Oh, okay. I thought that was that, was that stop. <laughs> they stopped like three times. Oh, okay. Gotcha. So the first stop was just to go, okay, what the hell is this thing? And they decide it's, um, Barney's like, it's probably just a, a plane, like a passenger plane going up into Toronto. And he later admitted that he wasn't exactly sure what it was. Because he, he was a skeptic about UFOs. He's very skeptic and he didn't want to alarm. He didn't want to scare his wife. So he's like, yeah, it's just a plan. Because so again, he's, he's an engineer type. So he's not going to really believe in UFOs from outer space. So I forgot to mention, this was September 19th. 1961. Yeah. Um, so yeah. they get back in the car. Indian they, Trail, I believe, is the area, right? Yeah. Yeah. So they get back in the car. They start heading home <laughs> again. This time they notice, like, as they're driving down the road, Betty keeps watching, and the light's, like, literally following them. Mm-hmm. Everywhere they're going. They're, like, it's just right there with them. And I think at one point, they actually see it stop in front of them, about 80 to 100 feet above them. This is when Barney gets out of the car by himself. And he starts walking towards it. And I believe he had taken his gun out of the trunk of the car and had it in his pocket. He wasn't exactly sure what was going on. But he's looking at this thing through his binoculars. And what he sees is like these, like two rows of like rectangular windows. Yeah. And he's, he's looking through the binoculars and he sees about 10 to 12 men. like men sitting there staring at him. And as he's doing this, like there's these two rods that come. Well, he just, he describes what looks like a kind of like a pancake flat, like disc shaped thing that was about 80 feet wide. And he sees these men, and then there's these two, like, antenna-type things with, like, red lights on the end of them that come out of the sides. And then there's, like, a bladder or some sort of platform that starts coming out of the ship, like people were wanting to come out of it. Like a ramp or ladder, as he explained it. Yeah. You know? and, and while this is going on, all he's hearing in his head is, stay there and watch. Like, don't move, just stay there and watch. And I think it finally clicks to him. It's like, these things are trying to capture us. So he's exactly what he said to his wife. He's, yeah, he's, he started, he runs back to the car and he's like, they're trying to capture us. And they just, they take off. And this thing is just matching their speed and it's not leaving them alone until eventually they start hearing this like rhythmic, like buzzing or beeping noise. Mm-hmm. And then it kind of goes away and then they hear it again. And then the next thing they know, they're about 35 miles down the road. And they kind of look around, and, and Betty's like, well, do you believe in flying saucers now? And Barney's like, no. <laughs> like, that's how silly of you. <laughs> and they just, they finish their trip. They go home. No, no, there was, a, they, they stopped again uh, when they hear the rhythmic sound. Oh, there was the... It was in front of them again. It was in front of them again. They saw, like, flashing lights. It looked like a roadblock to them, as yeah. they described it as. <clears throat> but when they pulled up, there were, what they say, were men on the road. Yes. I don't remember. I don't remember what they said. There was men on the road, and that's Betty said that she's never been that scared in her life. And then, well, when Barney was looking at them in the window, he said that uh, most of them, but one, all of them, but one, all kind of left. They all walked away, and only one was staying there. And he reached up and looked like he was grabbing pulling levers. levers. Wow, yeah, and they're wearing that's, shiny suits. And that's when those two uh, like antennas started coming out of the sides. And then yeah. that little uh, ramp. D- ramp started dropping down. And then that's when he started 
going, they're trying to capture us. Yeah, <laughs> they're wearing shiny suits. And then the, and the roadblock was actually them standing in the middle of the road. And they said they, they weren't, because they weren't sure if they were trying to rob them or if they were trying to kidnap them. Um, but they just saw, you know, these, I can't remember, I want to say four or five, <laughs> I might be mistaken, like figures, men standing in the middle of the road. And that's when 35 miles away, they wake up. Yeah. Or I'll say, quote unquote, woke up. Yeah. But yeah, they, they sort of talked about it, but not really on the way home. They just kind of drove home in, in silence. And again, like they, the <coughs> trip was only supposed to take about uh, four and a half, five hours. They were supposed to get home about three o'clock in the morning. By the time <coughs> they got home, the sun had actually already come up. And they didn't really think much of it. Um, I think they just kind of went in. They they felt like they might have like gone through something, like some radiation or some contamination. So they were just kind of checking themselves out. Uh, making sure that they didn't have any, like, contamination on them. So they took a shower or two to kind of clear themselves off. Um, I know at one point, like, when Betty was getting undressed, she took off her dress. And this was a brand-new dress. I guess it was the first time she wore it. And she noticed some, like, pink dust on it. Mm-hmm. And then it had some tears in it. And she wasn't sure, like, where they came from. I know she, I guess she hung up the, the dress and, like, the wind blew the dust off. But she ended up just kind of putting it in her closet and never really doing anything with it again after that. She never wore it again and never, she never felt like wearing it ever again. I think she had thought about throwing it away. Um, one place said she threw it away and then pulled it out of the trash. Other uh, research showed that she just put it in the closet and just didn't do anything with it. She just thought about throwing it away. I know Barney's shoes were like scuffed up and kind of beat up a little bit when they weren't before when they left the trip. Um, and then I believe that Betty ended up calling her sister to tell her about it. She uh-huh. she thought at one point that like maybe it was a UFO because her sister said she saw one like a year or so before. So she called her sister to tell her about it. And I guess the sister's neighbor was like some physicist or yeah. some sort of scientist. And he's like, well, take a compass out to the car. So they took it out to the car. And like on the trunk of the car, there was like 15 to 20 like circles. Yeah, like, like spots. shiny Like shiny, shiny spots. spots. And so they put the compass over the trunk and and when they put it over any of these spots it just started spinning erratically yeah but only over the spots nowhere else over the car yeah so if you look at there's pictures of it you look at pigment we'll try to find those too so if you look at the pictures it looks like you know like a like water spots you know like uh, maybe it rained and maybe it kind of pooled up and kind of dried up so that's what it kind of looked like in the pictures you, you see these spots but apparently they couldn't clean it and yeah like you said they put the compass over the spot spun around like crazy you put the compass anywhere else on the vehicle compass was fine well i think they said too on the the shock docs documentary that just came out um at one point it was like raining and those spots all stayed dry where the rest of the car was getting wet mm, interesting hmm. <clears throat> spooky but yeah so i guess she called her sister back and her sister was like well I, I the thing to do at the time was if you saw a UFO, you reported it to the Air Force. So they called and reported it to the Air Force. And then the rest is history. <laughs> so, what all went down while during this missing time? Yeah, so missing time. Let's talk about that. Two hours missing time. Well, so, it was... I, I can't remember what happened at the Air Force. I know they, they reported to NICAP as well, which is like the most, at the time, reliable... Um, UFO, um, what do you call them? Journalists? Not okay, journalists. Yeah. Like researchers. Uh, so they kind of, and then I know the the Army had the, the Blue Book. Um, they're 
branch of like UFO research as well. Um, but I know like it was like something like ten days later, Betty started having dreams like five nights in a row. She had these dreams and, and like started flashback dreams. So yeah, flashback <clears throat> dreams. Started remembering these things. Yeah, and I think they wasn't too much about it. They they just kind of like they did what they were supposed to do. They reported it. She had these dreams. They went away after five days, and then they just kind of <clears throat> wanted to go out and every now and then they'd go back out to where they thought it happened. Yeah. And they would kind of do their own research. Betty got really into uh, getting, like, UFO books, checking them off the library, and just, like, reading up on the subject, uh, learning as much as she could about it. And that was about it. Like, they didn't really do much with it for, like, two years. And it was, like, two years later, um, Barney started having health problems, started having ulcers, and I believe he was having some depression. So he went and saw a doctor in Boston the doctor recommended him to go see, uh, I can't remember the guy's first name, last name is Simon. I don't remember. Uh, he wants to see the psychiatrist. Yeah. And the psychiatrist, uh, the reason why they sent him to him is because he helped people in the military with PTSD. And he had this like form of hypnosis that he did to help people like, um, kind of get through some of those traumatic things that happened to him while they were in the army. So he decides he's going to do this with Betty and Barney. And he does it separately. He, like, interviews them separately. Oh, I think I, I missed a part where I guess when they got home, Betty and Barney went in different rooms. And Betty's like, let's both draw what we thought we saw. Oh, yeah. And their pictures came out to be pretty much the same. Um, so <clears throat> the psychiatrist guy is doing this hypnosis on them. And he does it separately. Um, interviews them separately. Does them one at a time. And he did Barney first. <clears throat> and I guess it was through, like, the dreams... Uh, Betty wrote them down in her journal and all that through the dreams, through the reports and stuff like that. That's when they figured out there was two hours of missing time. Mm-hmm. They didn't know what happened until they started doing this uh, hypnosis thing. So Barney starts remembering um, that they were like drug into the woods. And yeah, Betty tried to run, tried to run, um, but they, they got them both, drugged them through the woods into the, into the craft. They took him up onto the craft. They took him to different examining rooms mm-hmm. And men's and women's side makes sense. Uh, Barney, Barney had, uh, I guess he was too tall for his table. The table wasn't big enough. His legs hung over the table. Uh, I guess when they examined him, they focused more on his like spine area. According Mm -hmm. to him, I guess he said that they focused on his genitals and his rectum as well. Um, uh, I guess at one point they actually, when they were doing Betty's hypnosis, they said that they came running into her room. And they were, like, all excited and, and freaked out, I guess. Because I guess they had pulled Barney's teeth out. This is why the uh, dentures is kind of important to the story. I guess they pulled his teeth out because they were basically doing physicals on these teeth. Yeah, yeah. Um, and they didn't know what was going on. And I, apparently Betty said, no, no, it's fake teeth. It's fine. Um, and I guess with Betty. Oh, real quick with Barney. Barney was saying that they were speaking to him, but their mouths weren't moving. It was like in his head. He can hear them speaking in his head. So they're speaking to him. Mouths aren't moving, but he can hear everything they're saying through his head. Like, I can't remember what it's called, but... Telepathy. Telepathy. Yeah, telepathy. So basically they were speaking through telepathy. Yes, that's true. Um, On Betty's side of this, when she was remembering her story, she remembers also being afraid. Um, Although in the dreams... The, the dreams like showed them like cooperating with the aliens when they got on the ship, but in the the hypnosis it was it was a struggle. Like they didn't want to do it. 
Um, they did the same with her. They had her undressed. They had her get on the table. They started doing the examination. And there was like this really long, I almost want to say like a foot long needle. I don't know how long it actually was, but they shoved it in her navel area. Mm-hmm. And, um, there was two two aliens that she talked about specifically. There was the examiner, the one that was doing all of it, and then there was the leader. The leader. And I guess when they were shoving that needle in her in her navel area, it was the pain was excruciating. And somehow the leader, I guess, like was able to use some sort of ability. He waved his hand over her eyes and the pain went away. There was still, I guess, some discomfort, but the pain was gone. And when she asked what the heck they were doing, uh, they I guess apparently they said uh, that they were performing a pregnancy test. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess the, I think the examiner, according to her, spoke like somewhat okay English, and the leader spoke like perfect English. But they did their examination thing. I guess when they were done, like Betty had picked up a book and asked the leader, "Hey, can I keep this as proof?" And the leader's like, "Yeah, sure, why not?" And I guess when they were being like returned to their car, uh, there was kind of like. Uh, an argument between the the aliens and the leader came back to Betty and was like, uh, unfortunately you're not going to be able to keep the book. They don't want you to have it. Um, I know at one point when they were on the ship uh, and this is all revealed through the hypnosis that they showed her a star map. Well, she asked, she asked where they were from. Right. And this map, because tablets didn't exist to us now, or I mean, back then they didn't exist to us now. Like, Somebody describing it would sound. It sounds like they would describe it as a tablet, because when she was being shown this map, it almost sounded like this map was in three D. Yeah, yeah. And like he was showing her this, you know, flat thing, but it was almost three dimensional and able to like move through it. So now like Tony Stark. Yeah, <laughs> like Tony Stark flipping through. But, but it almost sounds like it was a tablet. Like that's how I would describe it. Like if you had a tablet with a with a three D map of stars and you were just kind of manipulating it and going through the galaxy with. You know, a 3D Google star map. Kind of like Google Maps. Yes. Kind of, yeah. Or Google World. Um, so that's what it sounded like to me. That's I what I was picturing that, yeah. in my head while she was describing it. But to the, the only thing at that time to say that anyone would understand was it was a map. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And they showed they showed her where they're from. Yeah, like they zoomed in on this, uh, was it a constellation? A well, she said like the way these looked were like, they looked like they were like plan- uh, planets or stars that had lines attaching to other planets. Yeah, there were, there were lines, yeah. And so it almost looked like, what to me it sounded like those were like their flight paths. Well, they said that. Oh, did they say yeah. that? Okay. She goes, what are these lines? They said, that's, those are our flight paths. Oh, okay. Or gotcha. those are our expeditions, something like that. Okay, I forgot that's that That's what part. the leader said. <clears throat> yeah. <clears throat> and through hypnosis, Betty was able to kind of almost redraw this out. Yes, she drew that, and it wasn't until years later, a teacher from Ohio deciphered that mm-hmm. and found where it was yes i don't remember the name of the the area or the or the galaxy name or anything like that but uh they just they did kind of figure out that it was 39 light years away from us and if that's true that's that's bananas. the zeta reticula yes system um there was um at one point i guess they they the lady did come out or they found out that she like fabricated some of it who, the, who's the, she? The Ohio teacher. Oh, that okay. she fabricated some of that. Some of the, like the findings of like the actual. Um, she built like some like fourteen different models trying to like recreate this and yes. figure out where exactly like hanging it was. beads from the ceiling and 
with fishing line. Because again, like this is in the seventies, so they still no tablets or anything. Like that. <laughs> yeah, Iron Man wasn't around yet. Um, yeah, they were hanging beads from strings, <laughs> recreating constellations. But like these these hypnosis sessions, um, I think they lasted like over three months. They were doing like a couple of sessions a week for like three months to get all this information. They even took uh, lie detector tests. Yes, they passed those. Yeah, so uh, everyone that they talked to, like the, the the interesting about the the hills, is they didn't like actively seek to write a book or tell they they would tell like close friends, and that was about it. They well, didn't. They weren't trying to become famous with this or anything. Uh, Barney was like a. They were both like upstanding members in their community. They were both. He the, wanted the, to sweep this under the rug. Yeah, he wanted, he, he wanted nothing it. to do with it. Like originally, he yeah he said he didn't want to tell anybody. And Betty's like, no, we, we need to tell people. Well, real quick, from a psychological standpoint, if you think about, let's talk about Barney here. Barney wanted to be an engineer. And because, again, very intelligent guy, wicked smart. <laughs> and a friend or neighbor, whatever, told him, hey, don't, don't waste your time. You're black. No one's going to take you seriously. No one's going to let you come into college. Don't waste your time. <clears throat> so he then went, joined the army, and worked in the post office. That kind of tells you about Barney. He's worried what other people think about him, right? He, well, yeah, he well, cares what other people think about him. Especially because he was like, um, he was a member of the NAACP. He was a member of the NAACP, and um, what was, was a, it called during that time? He was on the, the board of the United States Commission of Civil Rights as well. Civil rights. So he was really a... He was a civil rights them, activist. Very big into civil rights. So the idea of him being known as a, as a UFO uh, uh, kidnappee... You know, that just would not fly with them. You know, that would that would that would that would lessen his credibility as someone that's fighting for civil rights. Yeah, he was so, very worried about his reputation. Yeah, very worried about his reputation because you know he's out there saying, "No, we need equal rights," and they're like, "What do you know, alien space guy? boy? Yeah, you know, you know space I mean? boy. Don't exactly. you get your butt probed." <laughs> <laughs> so that, that's a big deal for him. You know, like he's like an engineer. He he was very skeptical, and now he has no. No other option but to say, yeah, yeah, I was definitely kidnapped or kidnapped um, and probed, but I don't want to talk about this. That, so, from a psychological standpoint, that tells you about Barney. He does not want this to get out there. But it did. He, yeah, he had it to happened. get it out there. But he's like, oh no, we're telling the world. And you know, and obviously, she had, she had already called the Air Force, and that, and I believe when Barney went and was talking to some people, it was very like, yeah, we we know we know there's stuff out there. I think the Air Force, like they even said that they saw the the unusual. They saw something. Craft on, they saw something on the radar. Mm-hmm. But and this is not the only time they were like, hey, "We know, we know, there's things out there. We, we've been studying the sky for for many years now, and yeah, things just kind of pop in and pop out." All right, so um, new stuff that just came out, and this was the by the way, this was the '60s. Remember, this is the '60s. Barney and Bader talking with the Air Force, and they're like, "Yeah, yeah, we we, we kind of know." Yeah, they hold so, a whole, like I said, they had a whole division uh-huh. de- dedicated to UFO study. Well, B- Betty had written a letter to a gentleman who had written many books. And there's like, we have like eight, over 800 encounters of UFOs. Over, over 800. 800 encounters. This was in the 60s. <laughs> this was in the 60s. They're, we have multiple encounters. We, we, yeah, we, yeah, we know. So I rewatched the that Ben Hansen thing that I was telling you guys about. We tell the listeners or viewers about that. <clears throat> so, Shock doc. No, not the shock doc. Oh, the UFO encounters? Yes, okay. the UFO witness one with Ben Hansen. So he uh, was kind of doing research on a alien hy- like alien human hybridization program that could be a possibility that 
the U.S. knows about. We already know about Bigfoot human. Yeah, okay. Ginger Squatch. <laughs> hey. So, um, one of the things that he looked into was with Betty Hill saying that she had the pregnancy test uh-huh. and the um, syringe going into her yes. navel. Well, in her dress, they never saw anything in that area. What till Ben Hansen kind of opened up the dress and looked inside in between things and found some spots that lit up in the UV light. Was that on the UFO one or the that UFO was on one. Shock Docs? Oh, is that the ones that they brought up in That's Shock Docs? Okay, yeah. Yesterday. So on then, Shock Docs, yeah. uh, once they examined that and found, you know, that her DNA matches that, well, that and was it just matches one of the spots. up, and it matches up right at her navel. So that. You know, because they searched her dress and didn't see those before till then. Yeah, Ben. I think Ben's the one that found them. Yeah, Ben. Fa- Ben's the um, one that found them. And they found two other liquids or two other materials that were on the dress as well. And this was on the inside lining. Yes. On the, so that's why they never found it till now. But there was the, so there was her blood or DNA or whatever. But there was also two other uh, materials or substances or something that no one still to this day has no idea what those two things are. Alien. Alien cud. goo. <laughs> But, like, when they did the hypnosis stuff, the Dr. Simon, uh, Benjamin Simon was his name, um, he determined that they were telling the truth. That they were, he didn't He didn't go as far as say it was they were abducted by aliens, but he believed that they were telling the truth, or at least Betty was. He kind of said Barney was just remembering stuff that Betty had told him through their dreams and whatnot. And I think that's what kind of changed Barney's mind about going public with things. He's like, no, 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 I know what happened. Um, they tried to prove their credibility. They went on TV shows like the To Tell the Truth, um, and then they did a lot of interviews. Uh, there was a book written about them. Um, uh, do you remember the name of the book? I do not. They had a book written, and the thing is, is like they didn't really seek the attention or the fame or anything like that. Um, the book was written by someone else. It wasn't actually uh, that movie. It was called... Oh... Uh, I don't know. I know that there was a like a made for TV movie starring James Earl Jones that was. Uh, oh, I remember. There was. The, it's, I believe it was called the UFO Incident. Yeah, I do remember that. But um, but yeah, they they ended up they they did like um, a lot of radio interviews and stuff in like '66. But originally they weren't. They didn't want to tell anybody. They didn't want any. They didn't want to draw attention to themselves. Like you said, he was kind of worried about his reputation. Yeah, let's break down that dress again real quick in case that flew over anyone's head. Because if I didn't know this story, that might have flown over my head. So, again, if you remember, <coughs> Betty <clears throat> wore this dress one time, got home, took it off, had some pink dust on it, had some tears, <coughs> never really want to wear it again, hung it up in her closet, never did wear it again. Um, Betty's niece has the dress because Betty's niece was the uh, daughter of the sis- Betty's sister who, she, who also had an encounter. And that, that Betty was telling the encounter to. And so Betty's niece got really involved into the UFO research as well. But anyway, she has this address. Ben Hansen, former FBI agent, now has many paranormal type of shows. And they, a good friend of ours. Good friend of the podcast mm-hmm. as well. Um, that one is sort of true, actually. He knows us, yes. He, know, he does know <laughs> us personally. Like We've investigated with Ben several times before <coughs> we In the paranormal. Yeah. But, you know, they opened up the dress... Look at the dress. On the inside, they find DNA evidence, blood, whatever, um, around the navel area where Betty said they injected a needle 
into her navel to do the pregnancy test. So again, they never researched the inside of the dress, always kind of just looked at the outside, looked at the tears. Well, the never looked that, on the inside. Like I said, the thing that the, that's interesting with that is too, is there was two other substances yeah. in that same area that they have no idea what they are. What could have been like a... Like, like it's, a, it's nothing that they can identify that's here on earth. Some kind well, of healing agent. That's, that's what I was thinking too. Some some type of ointment maybe to, to heal it or maybe some lubrication as they enter. So here know. was Alcohol. what Ben Hansen was thinking was going on. Well, not him, but just the theory going on is that they were taking her eggs. Mm-hmm. And that they were going to be using that for some type of alien hybrid, hybrid colony. Well, they, <laughs> they think that they also possibly took some sperm samples from Barney. Right. But do you guys think there's some hybrid race out there? The Nordics. Well, the Nord, no, no, now, like right now, the, Nord- yeah, the Nordics, the Nords, the Nordics, that's a race of aliens. Okay. Where are the, they at? They live all over the place. They're usually blonde, uh, blue eyes, the Aryans. No, um, <laughs> the, the Nordic, it's a race of aliens that they look like humans and they live among us and you wouldn't even know. Hmm. But do they know they're aliens? Yes. Oh, they're aware of it. They have social security cards. Sure. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? They paying taxes. I'm well, cool if they're paying taxes. I mean, they could. Well, yeah, sure. Don't be. <laughs> I'm totally cool if, they, if they're paying taxes. And they got a social. I'm totally cool with that. <laughs> they do their part. Look up the Nordics sometime. The Nordics I mean, are the we'll like do that ones, another episode. The Nordics are the ones that I, I believe in the most. Um, they're, some... they're human alien hybrids, so it's possible. Maybe the Greys made the Nordics. So now if you think about why New Hampshire, why are the aliens in New Hampshire? Why would they be following them? Well, the, what they're thinking is the Air Force Base, Pease Air Force Base in New Hampshire is actually where they were storing our nuclear weapons. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I did not know that. Because they're the ones that, uh, or Betty's the one that contacted Pease Air Force Base, the nearby Air Force Base, and said, hey, this is, this is what happened. Well, it this does seem that wherever there is some type of, like, military testing or some type of stuff like, like that. Like Roswell, New Mexico? Yeah. Or Dugway, Utah? Uh-huh. <laughs> these places have a lot of UFO things happening nearby. Coincidence? Yep. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> It's the radiation. It's making people think they're seeing stuff. Maybe. That's why they took the showers to get the goo off, the radiation off of them. That makes sense. <laughs> they drove through a military base. That's what really happened. They drove through a military base. The The military, like, drugged them and told them. They the men in black showed up. They implanted these memories in their heads, and they're like, aliens, man. Tommy Lee Jones. Young Tommy Lee Jones shows up. <laughs> Flashed them. <laughs> now, there are some skepticism about the hills. There, there, there is a gentleman um, who said in the area there is like a in that uh, is it called Indian Head Indian Trail? I can't remember what it's called, but um, Indian Trail. Um, there is a let me try to find it real quick. There is a beacon on uh, along the mountain that he thinks as you're driving down the trails, you'll see this beacon. Maybe that's what they're thinking they saw. Now again, Betty and Barney were saying it was kind of moving around. You know, it was kind of bouncing like a ping pong ball, zigzagging through the sky, keeping up with them. So, you know, if you see a beacon sitting on a mountain, you're going to lose track of it behind trees and as you make turns. So, so that's a little skepticism. Um, there, there is a, um, let me try to find it real quick. 
There's a UFO expert named Robert Schaefer. I don't know who that is. I don't know if you guys know who he is. But he has also said that the Hills are poster children for not driving when sleep deprived. Don't know what he's really insinuating there, but saying that maybe they were sleep deprived. Yes, hallucinating. Due even to sleep deprivation. Even the one that wasn't driving. Yeah, <laughs> seeing the same thing that the driver seeing weird. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> that, that is interesting. Um, there, there was well, the, the, it's very rare that, or almost impossible that two people have the same length true. of amnesia at the exact same time. That's true. And see the same things. Yeah. Uh, there are also there there are also psychiatrists that say that this one might have been just hallucination brought on the stress of being an interracial couple in the sixties. The stress of being an interracial. <laughs> yeah, and again, that's a that's a that's a psychiatrist. That's a doctor. A doctor, right? What, what do doctors believe in? Science. They will never admit unless they're abducted. They will never admit to the ID ideology of UFOs. Okay. Yeah. Here's me where. Either. Okay. Here's where I'm thinking. Okay. Here's why thinking in a science sense. Why other life on other planets does make sense? Exactly. They found life on Mars. Bacteria or something? What? Yeah, like a plant or something. Oh, nice. The, the Mars rover. It was like um, a few years ago. But I mean, as much as I, I talk about like I don't believe in the Greys, like there, it it would be very naive for anybody to think that we're the only like intelligent life form in the universe. Vast, yeah. What was the name of this 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 universe that the, these aliens said they were from again? Zeta Zeta Reticuli. We know about that universe, right? We, we know that we know that that's a solar system out there or yeah. a galaxy. We know we can we know we it can exists. See. We know it exists. But we can't see anything besides specks of, of yeah. glistening so we know stars. We, we know it exists. Who's to say why? There's no reason. There's why no another... way we can reach it. There's no way to reach, but there's no way. So our technology is only 200 years old. We've only been developing technology for the last 200 years. Sure, but but this is, what I'm saying is something that's 39 light years away that we can't see. Who's also to say they they can't have life? That's what I'm saying. If they have yeah, life exactly. over there, they've probably been developed way longer than us. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've been doing technology. We're shit. babies. Yeah, <laughs> like look at the ancient Mayans and. I mean, thousands of years ago, there's things that, you know, humans have existed with no type of technology, you know, and now we finally do. We've only been 200 years into it. We've gone pretty damn far in 200 years. So in another 200 years, who knows what we're going to be doing. Maybe we'll be reaching those other galaxies. We're finding life on other planets, and we'll we're going to study them. We'll have phones we're built gonna into probe, our heads. We're going to probe every living life form on that planet. <laughs> oh, yeah, we are. Wait till we start doing the probing. Yeah, wait till we're probing you. <laughs> it's payback, bitches. Um, yeah, you see what we do with our technology. We sit behind a uh, camera and microphones and, and talk about aliens. Yep, see? And take pictures of our food. Take pictures of our food. <laughs> do TikToks of us dancing. We probe ourselves. <laughs> we have to do our own probing. Yeah, we have to do our own probing. This is horrible. Yeah. <laughs> Stupid humans. I mean, what? <laughs> so let's summarize this. What do you guys think happened to the rebels? I mean, the hills. I think that it happened. I think they have full credibility of what happened, and they're just trying to tell people their story because they want to let it be known that it's happened to them and other people can come forward, which they have. Not all of them be incredible, but some people have. Um, There are some people that I I would believe and some people I would think are full of shit. Well, I think when their story came to light, like, so what made this like the huge thing in the sixties, one interracial couple two, it was the first reported alien abduction in us, if not the world history. Um, so let's just, let's say that it's the first reported, not necessarily the first 
Abduction, but the first reported. First reported. Abduction. So, and then it was the first case where they used hypnosis to go back and try to uh, get these memories out of their mm-hmm. head. So, a lot of firsts in this. It was it was a huge thing. Um, I believe that they believe they are telling the truth. Um, no, like I said earlier, this is one of the few stories, if not one of the only two stories, that I believe are actually true. I think that they did have some sort of interaction with... Uh, a different life form. And the, yeah. the thing is, Betty, like, this whole time never called them aliens. She just called them uh, astronaut men or spacemen. Um, yeah, that's right. She never referred to them as aliens. I know her It niece, seemed like she had a good interaction with them, too. It kind of seemed like they, yeah. they, were, they were conversing and talking about personal stuff, it almost seemed like. I know her niece spent something like 40 years researching this. They found stuff in the government, uh, like documents, saying that this was true. Um there was even a, a letter that was written, and I think the letter has like magically disappeared. From what I understand, they said in that uh, documentary. Um, but the one thing that like the the hills, they've several people, not just one, but several people have found them to be credible, honest, truthful people. Mm-hmm. That they don't seem like the type of people that make something up like this. So um, a lot of people said that the, the hills are telling the truth, but they won't admit that. Because, you know, science, they won't say that it was an actual alien abduction. Um, But but, uh, apparently in that letter that went missing, the guy that wrote the letter said he had found 12 to 14 other witnesses that saw these events happen that night. Like September 19th, um, 1961 at 1030 at night is uh, apparently around then when it happened. But not saying that all these people were abducted. It's just other people saw the same erratic behavior with the light and all that. So the the craft was seen by not just the hills. It was yeah. seen by, like I said, the radar. It was seen by, they apparently had like 12 to 14 other witnesses. So I believe that, yes, they did have contact. They were taken up on some sort of alien craft. I believe it happened. I believe this oh, is true. Okay. What about you? Um, I, I do believe it's very possible because... Again, I'm going back to Barney's credibility more than anything. Barney, again, super intelligent, skeptical about aliens, had an, had an issue um, being abducted and still try to hold it. Like when Betty said, so now do you believe in aliens? And he goes, no, no, not at all. I mean, even though I just saw some, <laughs> um, there's no way, there's no way. And then, you know, he didn't want to report it because he's very involved in the NAACP and civil rights. So he didn't want, he didn't want this coming out. He didn't believe it. He didn't want to believe it. He didn't want it to happen to him. And then he finally had to say, yeah, this this is what happened. I'll go under hypnosis and do lie detector tests. And for me, that shows a lot of credibility on his side. So, so yeah, I think it's very possible. Aliens got him. Aliens, man. We're saying it's aliens. <laughs> <laughs> Fortunately, Barney died of a stroke in 1969. Uh, I believe Betty lived to about 2004. Still sharing her story the entire time. Uh, going to like different colleges and stuff like that. I try to look up um, some information on... So we had mentioned Barney was married previously before Betty. And he had two kids. Had two kids. I'm trying to find anything about his kids. I'm very curious what they have to say or what they think. They're probably like the Lutz kids. They probably went into hiding. They're like, we want nothing to do with this. I I wonder. I'm I'm trying to dig here. I've been trying to dig. I can't find anything, but I'll keep... I'm going to keep looking. But yeah, I think... Like, when we were talking about scientists, about science, like not believing in aliens i don't know how they couldn't though with just knowing how life exists on earth we're yeah. in a lucky spot 
because we're so far from the sun, we're in that uh, Goldilocks zone. So other planets and other solar systems, I mean, with all those stars we see, those are all suns. Yeah, there's planets all around those. Right. And why isn't there going to be, you know, another planet in that Goldilocks zone just like us? Exactly. And who's to say Mars wasn't in where we were not, you know, trillions of years ago? All I know is these guys were definitely not following the prime directive. Yeah, because <laughs> of aliens. Do you know what that is? Nope. So in Star Trek, prime directive <laughs> is they're not, they can't interfere with uh, life on other planets that don't know that they're the not the only ones. Nerd oh, alert. Really? Nerd alert, yes. <laughs> yeah, the prime directive in Star Trek, they're not allowed to interfere with inferior uh, planets, I guess. So, like, if there's a if there's a planet like ours and we don't know about yeah aliens aliens they're not supposed to interfere. So that's why they Tommy Lee Jones flashed him and erased <laughs> their memories. But he wasn't counting on hypnosis. <laughs> Got you good, MIB. Gotcha, bitch. <laughs> All right, should we call that guys? All right, ghosts, you don't play that. Peace out, butterflies. Definitely aliens, man. <laughs> 